Welcome to The Spawn Chunks, episode number six for Tuesday, September 11th, 2018. My name is Joel Duggan, and joining me as always is my Minecraft friend, Johnny. You may also know him as Pixelris. Hello, sir. Hello, hello. I've literally just walked in the door and got myself a cup of tea and sat down to record this podcast. Today is a little bit uh, a little bit later than our usual offering. We're normally out on Mondays. Today is Tuesday, so I'm entirely to blame for that, and I apologize, but it's, uh, it's good to be back. <laughs> it's all your fault. It is. It's definitely my <laughs> it fault. It is. Uh, uh, it is well since you've been away like what have you have you did you have some time to play minecraft this weekend or did you get most of your playtime in last week i got it in earlier in the week yeah i figured um it was a, a more of a relaxed kind of thing and i only have my laptop on me i don't always like to play minecraft with a laptop because i don't bring a wireless mouse with me or anything it's only got a trackpad and trackpad minecraft is not good minecraft but um yeah i i did a bit of stuff on dv earlier in the week i set up my green stuff shop uh, which I've been wanting to do for a while and always just had other things distracting me. So it's great to to finally do that. I'm selling anything green that I can find on the server that isn't already sold by somebody else. So somebody pointed out, you could sell enderpearls and dark prismarine is kind of green. And I kind of went, well, enderpearls, we've got an ender ender set up. Loads of people are selling them or just giving them away for free at this point. Mm. So I figured not really worth it. Somebody else already has a prismarine shop. So that's kind of taken and <laughs> i don't want to start any kind of business rivalries just yet but uh yeah so for now i've got green terracotta and all kinds of green plants and vines and that kind of stuff i'm even selling uh zombie heads when i can get hold of them so we'll uh, we'll see how that goes the thing that struck me as weird is how prices in Minecraft are kind of arbitrary when people can just dig up money. Like, it's so common to use diamonds as a currency on servers, I think mainly because diamonds are a little bit difficult to come by and they are so important to having endgame gear, being able to repair stuff with your diamonds and make new tools if you lose old ones and stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. Diamonds always end up getting used as the currency, but... Yeah, it's it's strange that you can just go and acquire money in a way that you can't in the real world without, you know, getting a job, which is a much more lengthy process than just getting hold of an iron pickaxe and going digging. But uh, I was I was wondering about your thoughts about this actually. Does the does the citadel have much of an economy going on? We tried. Uh, we have a small marketplace. It's it looks like uh, an old farmer's market you know kind of walk around a little pond and there's uh, tents and stuff like that. Sure. And yeah. I, I think one of the early early um, shacks or or what are they called? Not, I guess market stalls, the tinted mm -hmm. kind of half tent tarped things. Yeah, yeah, I call uh, them Matt market stalls. Put, yeah, Matt, Matt Cast put up a couple. He was he was the first person to have a slime farm on the server, and uh, he was I think he wanted quartz for his his build, so he was selling slime for quartz. Okay, so uh, a direct and, trade for a specific thing rather than let's set this thing as money. Yeah, and then he and then he got really into um, pumpkins because I think he needed pumpkins for the slime farm. So um, he was, what was he doing? He was so he's selling like pumpkin pie and pumpkins and and things like that. And he was just harvesting them on his own. He didn't have like a big pumpkin farm. Uh, but the problem that arose is it's such a community server. So many of the big farms that I built early on were all just like Dartmouth Meadows community you know, cactus farm and sure. then community iron farm. And so like all of a sudden I was sharing all these very valuable things with everybody, which is great because everybody was having fun, but you're like, well, then there's nothing left to sell because yeah. I, if there's more than enough iron for everybody, the, the nether wart farm is something I should have, I should have kept to myself. I probably could have made, <laughs> you know, some money early on. Could have monetized the issue that, that I find um, with, with economy stuff is if it's not set up very early in your server's life, then 
people just end up getting things that they want anyway. Like if they want nether wart and no one is selling it, then they have no choice but to go get it for themselves. And yeah. once they have it, they don't need to buy it. And I think too that once you get into the end game where mending is a thing, diamonds don't become a problem. Yeah. I haven't gone looking for diamonds in months. <laughs> months. I've found some by clearing out slime chunks or you know doing builds and digs but I've, I've not gone oh crap i've only got four diamonds left i have like four stacks of diamonds that i've not made new tools in ages yeah and so what i started doing because i i built a, a skeleton farm i found the first skeleton spawner on the server it was way far away in the mesa which is like a thousand blocks in the nether sort of travel uh so it, it was a pain to to get bones if you wanted a lot of bone meal for stuff then it was a real pain in the butt so I traveled all this way, set up the skeleton spawner and was selling bones at a bone barn in this little market area. But instead of asking for diamonds, I was asking for glass and sand because uh -huh. I was building a lot of stuff that needed um, glass and glass and sand. I think it was probably the nether hub, which just has glass floor and there was concrete everywhere. And so I was just like, you know, this is a pain in the butt for me. It takes a long time to grind this stuff out. I would rather have people pay me with something that's easy to get but time consuming. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Time does become the kind of the currency on servers more so. And I, th I think that's maybe why diamonds remain a kind of popular currency is because it does still mm. take a little bit of time to go out and get them. And I think maybe it's a bit of a holdover from the days before mending where everybody would have to repair their tools with diamonds anyway. So yep. perhaps that's just kind of, and, and they're obviously a valuable item. They look valuable, they're valuable in the real world sort of mm -hmm. psychologically diamonds make perfect sense but in terms of the actual scarcity of stuff in minecraft after a while you're right they they become sort of unnecessary to uh, to the server economy but uh, aside from that what else have you uh, got up to this week what have you been doing on the sistel well i have been spending a lot of time in the south meadows where i started a few weeks ago in a live stream putting in a wheat farm and a bridge where the inn on a bridge is going to go aha uh -huh, yeah and i uh, made quite a lot of progress the other day uh the let's play is up today and i completed the first three well two floors there's there's three floors in total the first floor being the bridge deck and and that is basically in it's been kind of framed in and and outline, but I haven't done anything like texture it or, you know, I don't have final lighting in place. It's all just torches stuck on the walls sort mm -hmm. of thing. Uh, but the tunnel is done. The second floor is done in detail from the outside and the third floor is done in detail from the outside. Uh, I had to stop because it was taking uh, a lot longer than I anticipated because of the changes that I was making kind of on the fly. Mm -hmm. uh, and I do have uh, I do have some work left to do on the roof. Uh, I, I didn't move the build. I decided to leave it right where it was. We had some discussions on the stream about whether it was going to be too big for how close it was to the wheat farm. But I've decided to really take probably six blocks off the height by just changing the shape of the roof from a triangular pitched roof to a arced roof. Oh, like okay. A, it's yeah. Like a half, like a half cylinder mm -hmm. and, and not even a half cylinder. It's almost like a fifth of a cylinder. So it's, it's going to, it's something that's achievable now with the different blocks in the game in the textures that I want. Uh, and also provide some new challenges for the inside. But I think ultimately from the outside, it's going to look a lot better. It's going to have a lower profile. Um, I'm hoping it doesn't break the design. It's sort of a, I'm going to say like a Tudor style uh, country in it's like late 15th, early 16th century sort of stuff. So uh, I want to try and keep that feel to it. I don't want it to look too modern. 
Um, but so far I, I'm, I'm really, really happy with it. It's got a lot of detail work, something that I've not had a chance to do yet on, on the Citadel. Uh, a lot of my builds tend to be very clean, like very simple yeah, lines yeah. and farm. You're just hiding, you know, you're hiding a farm where you're putting a, it's a very functional thing. Like it's the end of a water, water spout or it's the, you know, the, the landscaping is probably where I've done a lot of detail work, but not on an actual building. So this has got the new trap, like two of the new kinds of trap doors, and it's got fences and shutters and all this kind of stuff that I'm not used to doing. So it was a fun challenge to to go and work on that this weekend. Sounds awesome. Can't wait to see it. I will uh, check that out. I've not had much time to watch a great deal of YouTube stuff because I've been uh, trying to remain kind of more social and, uh, and and chat to my parents and stuff while I've been up. North. Well, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> of course. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I've, I've occasionally been able to, uh, to sneak away and catch up on a couple of things. But uh, yeah, great to hear that that's going well so on to the week's news uh there's a lot of it <laughs> in fact we've yeah. got a, basically a full page of bullet points here in the show notes to talk about so um why don't you kick us off because there's been a lot of official news via minecraft.net mostly about minecon and stuff like that so uh fill us sure, in well, we, we mentioned it last week that minecon is coming up on the 29th we've had a lot of actual uh discussion in the, the spawn chunks discord about upcoming minecon events and things like that and whether or not we're going to talk about it in in detail on the show and i'm still learning a little bit about minecon i was aware of it last year but i was really only playing for a few months when it when it happened uh so Minecon Earth parties and the guests at those parties have been announced on Minecraft.net. We'll have a link to that in the show notes. Uh, some party locations and some guests of note are Good Times with Scar in Seattle, Washington. Uh, Green and False Symmetry are going to be in Cork, Ireland. Uh, I didn't recognize, any, recognize anyone else's names, so forgive me if I'm forgetting your favorite YouTuber or whatever. Uh, but the the list of those parties is is on uh, on the Minecon website on uh, on Minecraft.net. Uh, they're going to be streaming the event live uh, on Mixer, YouTube, Facebook, and live, which I'm assuming is Xbox Live. Is it just called Live now? Uh, it might be. Yeah, I'm not really familiar yeah. with the platform, but yeah. And then of course Twitch. So so depending on where you hang your your streaming hat, you should be able to get access to uh, Minecon earth on september 29th uh it's going to be available in eight different languages which i thought was really cool and the the other thing is that if you miss it then sorry not not so much the whole thing but if you miss any of the um subsequent panels that are happening at the various mine cons around then minecraft is going to be posting those panels up on the youtube channel so if the minecon panels are happening maybe at the same time in different locations around the world like i would imagine there's a lot of scheduling and time zone stuff that they have to consider but if you happen to miss one because it's happening when you know it's like three o'clock in the morning your time then you can always go to the minecraft youtube channel and then follow up with with the panels um and this actually just broke before the show i didn't uh realize this was happening until i was you know preparing um for the podcast and panels are back uh I, I did they not have panels last year do you remember not, not last year no they had a bunch of features with some more oh. kind of well-known youtube more like hosts than anything and they were kind of just going through a bunch of stuff about their experiences with minecraft and sometimes just doing little skits and stuff like that and that was mm. i think if anything it was sort of my problem with minecon last year is that the live streamed event didn't have much in the way of stuff for older more mature players it was more of kind of like a i i, I referred to it as like a kind of family fun showcase kind of yes. thing. it was a, li a little yeah. bit kind of musical 
theatre sort of thing, uh, whereas this seems a little bit more focused on gameplay, especially considering that 1.13 has brought the focus of Minecraft back to players enjoying themselves in the game. I think mm-hmm. it's really great that they're bringing back panels, and it seems like they've got quite a diverse range of stuff, and there's a am i right in thinking there's one about modded minecraft because that's that's kind of huge for me it's always really interesting to me when the developers acknowledge the modding community Mm. so there's definitely a few people um talking about that right yeah the four panels that they listed were modded minecraft playing with power breaking minecraft making a map with mc edit and hermitcraft presents creating maintaining and evolving a smp so, or a single multiplayer server for those that, you so know, yeah, are survival but, multiplayer, you know, yeah. with a lingo. I, um, I'm interested in everything except for the breaking Minecraft one. And I, cause it, there wasn't much detail about what that really is. I think that uh, one's, that one's being hosted by Ant Venom as well, who is, uh, so I, I don't know who that is. Yeah. He's, he's a Minecraft YouTuber who's been doing Minecraft videos for a while and is kind of known for the more kind of clickbaity brand of videos, not to disparage him as a content creator. I just, that's right. my, my experience of the community talking about him because I haven't really seen a great deal of his videos myself, but he is one of those people who's quite close with the Mojang team. Like he's been to their HQ a couple of times whenever right. they just invite a bunch of content creators over. He always seems to be among their number and He's definitely one of those people who'll do videos about like what it's like to go to the Far Lands, where in the beta versions of Minecraft you would teleport yourself out six million blocks. You'd reach where you know Minecraft was kind of pushed to breaking point, and the terrain would just go crazy as a result because it couldn't calculate how far you were out in the map, which doesn't happen mm. anymore because the code has been improved since, and the Far Lands as a concept no longer really exist. But I'm I'm sort of interested to see what each of these is. Obviously, I have a personal interest in the Hermitcraft one, being the co-host of the unofficial Hermitcraft recap, but I'm sort of interested to see what the other panels have as well. So if we're not watching those live, I'll definitely catch them on the YouTube channel because I'm, I'm interested to see that. Yeah, I'm quite interested in modded Minecraft. I've been watching a lot of it recently, and I'm, I sometimes struggle to understand what's possible. It seems like just about anything is possible. Mm. Uh, but then also wondering like, like if if you if you're playing this modded minecraft like at what point is it just no longer minecraft because like some of the mods that i've seen are just crazy different in terms of mechanics and crafting and all this kind of stuff and i was like well, like how on earth it's basically minecraft just becomes a platform to create a completely different game uh but so i'm, I'm curious about that because i wouldn't I don't have the skill set to write my own mod or, or do anything like that. Mm-hmm. I would love to eventually collaborate with somebody on on a mod because I, I certainly have, as we talked about last week, um, or I guess two weeks ago, uh, opinions about art in the game and, and aesthetics and stuff like that. And I feel like there could be some definite fun to be had for uh, what I would consider, and I think you called them vanilla plus mods. Yeah. Like that that to me would be kind of the the little niche that I would I'd be curious to to fill out in. So I'm gonna be checking checking that out, see we'll see what's up there. On on the subject of vanilla plus, I'm looking at the list of people who are on this modded Minecraft panel and I recognize three of the names, one of whom is Vazki, who is the guy who developed both Quark, which is probably one of the most popular vanilla plus right. mods out there. Um, and also developed Botania, which is a really popular kind of... It's a technical mod that looks like a magic mod. It uses kind of flowers to generate 
magic power, which that you can then use to power contraptions and stuff like that. Oh, um, interesting. Also, uh, Direwolf20 is on the panel, who's been one of those guys who's created mod showcases for a while. I don't know if he's actually like a mod engineer himself, but he's mm. definitely one of the YouTubers who you think of first when modded Minecraft comes up. He's been doing this for as long as mods have been around. And the third is Drolkus, who... Who's the rest of his work I'm not familiar with, but I'm pretty sure worked on the Twilight Forest mod, which is adds like another dimension to Minecraft in much the same way the Nether and the End work. Uh, there's kind of a portal you uh-huh. can make to a place where it is always twilight, and so uh, yeah, it's 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 that sort of low light level where it's not quite dark yet, and so monsters don't pop up as often as they do on the surface. But then there's a bunch of new stuff added to it. The other three people here, King Lemming, King Bee Dogs, and Amadorns, I don't know if I've seen their work around, so I'm not sure quite how they're involved with modded Minecraft. But still going to be a really interesting panel. So. Yeah, if you're at all interested in modded Minecraft, I recommend giving that one a watch. Yeah, I mean, all of them sound sound pretty interesting from, you know, they're covering all their bases. You know, you've got the survival vanilla, you've got, you know, map making, you've got modding. Like, they, they feel like they're kind of putting in a nice widespread for, for people of, of multiple interests. Mm-hmm, uh, sure. Speaking of uh, changes and stuff that are coming, there was some more, uh, I guess, textures released. I said not released teased yes. uh, shared yeah. <laughs> by Jappa uh he was sharing uh new diorite uh new stone obsidian yeah obsidian he's been messing with and and it's fine like i find that in some of these cases he's like hey what do you think about the new obsidian and then like you know 2 hours or 2 days later it's like hey here's another take and i'm looking at them like i, I can't i can't see the difference like, <laughs> yeah like, yeah you know, the obsidian is such a dark block i mean it looks different than the current blueberry obsidian that we have now mm-hmm. which i'm fine with like i mean i don't really build with it so it's you know it's such a pain in the butt to to move if you get it yeah. wrong so y- you make a nether no, portal with it and that's it really <laughs> yeah really um but you know like it's it's cool to see some things are still getting tweaked here and there and mm. uh i'm i'm still the the diorite does not seem to have a direction. It just seems to be bouncing from one point to the next. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't look like it's being refined so much as just here's another idea and then here's another completely separate idea. Yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. spaghetti and wall. See what sticks, you know, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that's that's so the kind of stuff. It, I'm, I'm eventually saying. he'll land on something that everybody just jumps on and goes, Yes, this is the one, and then maybe that one will get a little get some, bit get more some iterations and he, things like that yeah. he also posted a picture of a cabin uh, like a, a cabin made of spruce wood in a tiger biome uh, yes. with the pods all everywhere and the spruce looks really good i am genuinely really excited and spruce planks are one of my favorite in my favorite wood types to build within the current default release version of minecraft uh, so right. so yeah like when he released the kind of new plank textures and everything had like a slightly more glowy almost bubbly kind of feel to it i kind of thought that that should be toned down a little bit this looks like it has and it has more of that kind of character and tiles really well and i, th- I think he's he's definitely approaching the stage where it's yeah that that plank texture is nailing it i think so so i i mean i'm playing with the beta two version textures right now that he released in january but like i'm looking at the photo going i don't see the difference i'd have to (laughs) i'd have to bring up a a shot of of my own spruce planks in the current world to to compare i i was honestly looking more at the bark than i was looking at at the planks because like they just registered as like yeah those are spruce planks like it's the same Uh, believe Um, me joel i I spend a lot of time looking at spruce planks (laughs) okay so yeah it is and the, the other thing too is that if you're gonna if you're gonna share these images like well here's a torch lit evening 
shot. It was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause everybody else is going to be comparing it to broad daylight. You know, he's like, well, I feel like one of the things that I wish would happen, which I, I, I know is probably, well, I don't know if you could even really do it. I guess you'd have to assign the texture to a different block. Um, uh, but it would be interesting to see these versions of these textures side by side. Like, Here's the old spruce. Here's the new spruce. Here's the beta spruce. Like All within just the same see, screenshot. Yeah. With the same, the same, I mean, even if you had to edit it in Photoshop, but like cut it in different sections and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. I would be able to see the differences at that point. And you'd be like, oh, okay, I see where he's going. But I feel like it's just dropping in these images. Like, well, th that looks great. But like, I don't know what I'm comparing it to. Um, <laughs> yeah. I know, I think when the beta textures were first released, I want to say Green did a video where he had like a vertical split. Like yeah, when they he used to play um mario kart you know the way that they split the screen top yes. bottom yeah yeah the same with the, <laughs> the lego games as well you can imagine like yeah the, the exactly. moving split as well so you can see the different bits of the image changing as it goes and i think yeah. maybe maybe wells knight did something similar but yeah a lot of people who did the the kind of showcase yeah. here are my opinions kind of videos did something similar to that yeah, I'm, I, I would consider doing something too, like similar to that when I eventually finish whatever texture tweaks that I'm doing with mine and just kind of showcase just, just how very little <laughs> there is changed. Like, yeah. it's like, nope, this is all pretty much the same except for like these six blocks and this thing here. And mm -hmm. anyway, yeah, so I mean, I'm, I'm really into following what Jasper is doing. It's, it's, it's fun to follow along with, with what's happening there. Um, and last but not least, speaking of textures, your connected textures in 1.13.1 may have some life breathed back into them. Optifine for 1.13.1 is out in a beta. I want to say, I think, I don't remember seeing this on the website, but somebody on Reddit, I think, mentioned that it was like 80% complete or something like that. But if you go to optifine.net, downloads, and then the preview versions, you can get an Optifine version for 1.13.1. So yay, shaders are back for <laughs> your time lapses and, and all those things. And then also uh, my connected glass and uh, grass side textures are back. However, I forget how to implement them. Yeah, <laughs> like I, yeah. went, I went looking before the show and I was like, I, 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 it's not working. I'm not sure what I have, what setting I have to hunt for. There are so many options uh, to tweak in the depths of Optifine's video yeah. settings as well. That Yeah, it's just going to be a case of toggling off one thing or the other. Yes, but it's good to have Optifine back for sure. Everyone's FPS is going to be breathing a sigh of relief. Um, I've got a couple of news items this week. Uh, the Aquatic update has now arrived on consoles which don't support the Bedrock edition of Minecraft. Uh, so anything the sort of previous gen consoles, it started with the Sony consoles, uh, the PS3, and the PS4 is actually included in this because it doesn't have the bedrock better together update kind of thing where crossplay is allowed with other platforms because Sony are apparently really kind of hardline on not allowing crossplay into their games. So you can play Xbox One Minecraft with somebody who's got a Switch using Bedrock Edition. Can't do that with a PS4. Um, oh, so, okay. so that's a controversial decision on Sony's part, but they are reportedly winning the console war in big inverted commas, by quite a considerable margin. So I feel like they're just trying to shut out their competitors and encourage everybody to play together on PS4. Um, but yeah, the Sony consoles are getting the update, I think, today. And then tomorrow it's going to roll out to people who are still playing on Xbox 360 and Wii U. So you guys are going to get to experience the dolphins and turtles and coral and everything that we have in the, the aquatic update. And from what I recall, from what I understand, this might be one of the last, if not the last, 
update coming to those consoles because at this point they are some maybe 15 years old i think the xbox 360 is like it's it's getting up there in in years it's pretty old and i think they are starting to reach the technical limit of what they can do with those anyway even though Mm. the the worlds themselves are limited to you know 800 blocks wide as i'd mentioned when i started out on 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 the xbox 360 that's what you're limited to so yeah, you're not going to be seeing updates on those consoles for much longer, I imagine. If anything, the world isn't going to be able to generate absolutely everything that they want to pack into the game now. You're not going to get yeah. all the biomes and stuff in that area. So it sort of makes sense, but sad for people who uh, don't have the the resources to upgrade beyond that console generation. Aside from that, speaking of Bedrock Edition, Bedrock Edition now has dedicated servers released. So previously, in order to play multiplayer on the Bedrock Edition of Minecraft, this includes Pocket Edition and Windows 10, you either had to connect to somebody directly, either through having them on Xbox Live as a friend or through a a kind of local area network kind of setup or through Mojang's own hosting service, Realms. And that is something that obviously the Java edition has had dedicated servers since time immemorial at this point. That's how most of the multiplayer servers you find throughout the world are hosted. Uh, Mm. There are a few people who take Realms as an option just because it's Mojang's official one. Maybe they think it's safer, it's less hassle to set up, that kind of thing. But now Bedrock has dedicated servers. The players can either host them on their own machines or, you know, server hosting companies can start hosting Bedrock worlds for people. I'm interested to see what this does for the Bedrock Edition of the game because dedicated servers is one of the things that I feel like has been holding Bedrock Edition back in terms of its parity with Java, in terms of the experience it can provide, being able to set up your own server and not have to worry about faffing around with Realms or if you're a more experienced server host, just being able to do whatever you want with the server, even Mm. interconnected servers like the ones you find on uh, Hypixel, where when you travel to a different minigame, it's actually bouncing you to a different server in order to play it. Right. That's, that's the interesting stuff for me, and that might be possible now dedicated servers are available for Bedrock players. Well, especially if you've got, you know, the integration with, say, something like the the Marketplace, where you can download, you know, the Dwarven Mining Company and put that on a server and have yeah. a bunch of people play that multiplayer as opposed to having connect to connect locally, you know, via your like you said, the, yeah. your friend system, your and, and that's stuff. and that's something you could do on realms, but it would involve changing the world on your realm every single time you wanted to do something different. And right. yeah, it just opens out the options for people. Basically, it gives people the yeah. chance to kind of mess around with things and do what they want with it. Yeah, the Citadel is on a separate is on a separate server. It's on a Cube Toast server, uh, mm-hmm. and I mean, well, I've, I've been happy with it. You know, we we had to up the RAM, I think, a little bit early on, just because a lot of us were playing and doing some some things, and I either misunderstood or you know didn't really understand just how laggy it was going to get yes resource Um, intensive is minecraft in a nutshell really yeah but even then even just going to the to the next tier um and i i think the other thing is like they say oh this is great for 20 players it's like yeah this is great for 20 very casual players if you've got five people that are playing all the time you're gonna gonna you're gonna want to go up to like the the thing that they say is good for 40 but it's good for 40 you know, average people, not, you know, people playing every day. Yeah, that's doing the thing. A lot of redstone it, it, has, it has 20 player slots does not necessarily mean it can support 20 players all doing stuff at once. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's, exactly. it's like when you set up an internet kind of with an ISP and it's like, you can get a maximum of this, but then it's like how much information can be transferred how close mm-hmm. are you to the the source of all the fiber stuff and you're actually getting like 10 
megabits per second instead of 50 or 500 or whatever they advertise it as so yeah you gotta yeah, be yeah. uh but i mean cautious. it's it's also extraordinarily affordable uh i mean i have it i pay it personally and then i i get together with some people on the server and they you know they throw me a couple bucks you know via different means every month and i mean it is all total it's like 15 or 20 dollars a month like considering how much time we all spend playing and once you start dividing that among five people like it's that's coffee costs more you know yes. like it just <laughs> for the amount of fun that you get out of it it's 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 very affordable and i enjoy the flexibility of being able to you know just call them up and say or not call them up but like you know drop them emails like hey can you add more ram because we're lagging out and they go yep sure and it's really this them flipping a switch they're like hey back up your world uh, tell everybody to log off. Uh, we'll do it, and then you'll be you'll you're back up and running in 15 minutes. Like you know, it's it's that kind of customer service is is worth you know the, the small I guess deviation from being on a a proper Mojang uh, realm. Absolutely, and we, we'll we'll see how things develop for Bedrock players, and maybe report back on this in a in a future date. But it's time to move on to one of my favorite segments of the podcast, and I. <laughs> we haven't really talked about the kind of behind the scenes, how the show notes look, but I've noticed you've given this section a title lately, and I don't know if you wanted to use this on the show or not, but I quite like it. <laughs> it's uh, just fun. <laughs> this this section is now called Chunk Mail, ladies and gents, <laughs> and I, I really like that. Uh, so this is listener emails, and it's fantastic to hear from you guys. As always, you can email the show at thespawnchunks at gmail.com if you want to make your opinions known about whatever we discuss on the show. And this week... We have an email from Nathaniel who says, Hey guys, do you think Mojang will ever redesign storage chests to reflect the types of wood used to make them like they did with doors? So in this case, Nathaniel is talking about having chests which are made of acacia and spruce and dark oak and actually look that way. Right now in Minecraft vanilla, at least, if you make a chest, it always looks the same regardless of what type of wood you use to make it. So Nathaniel says one issue with this would be when you don't have enough wood of a particular type that you want to build a chest from. So if you've got six pieces of oak wood and two pieces of dark oak wood, for example, you wouldn't be able to make a chest with those if they changed it so you had to make uh, a dark oak chest a certain way. Um, the answer Nathaniel thinks would do, be to make a shaped, a shaped crafting recipe using six pieces of any type of wood, and each wood location would correspond with a face of the chest. So you'd imagine having like different faces of it colored differently because you put two dark oak planks on one side of the, the crafting recipe. It's a really interesting yeah. thought. What are your thoughts about having, for a start, let, let's just boil us down to the basic concept. What are your thoughts about having different colored wood chests anyway, like there are with trapdoors and fences and so on? I think it makes a lot of sense. I would love to see them in the game, and I would be very surprised if it's not something that's being worked on in the background. Mm -hmm. uh, just just purely just historically speaking, you're looking at, you know, we now have a bunch of new trapdoors in 1.13 that are all specific to the type of wood that they're made of. Uh, I, I think that chests to me right now are not really all that exciting. Yeah. Uh, you've got, I mean, even with now, I mean, trap chests are sort of useless. Like unless you're yeah. actually making a trap for someone now that you can put regular chests next to one another. <laughs> They're effectively it, obsolete now. <laughs> yeah. They, you really don't need the, the, the trap chests and they really didn't look all that different. There was a little hint of red around the latch, but that's, that was about it. Yeah. Uh, but you know, one of the things that I think would be, cool about the uh crafting recipe while i i can appreciate the oh crap i only have you know six uh spruce wood and i want to make a spruce chest i need you know two more 
I kind of like the idea of turning chests into a bit of a mini games. Like if you want acacia chests, I don't know why you'd want bright orange chests, but if you want acacia chests, you have to find an acacia biome. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, 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 I like that idea. I mean, you're always going to have wood for chests. Like you're always going to have oak around or spruce around, you know, in the early game. So it's not like you're going to have no chests. Uh, but I, I think that adding some, some variety to the chests would, would be great because there's lots of times where I've built like this, I don't know, say like you're building a giant quartz and well, a prismarine, you know, you're building a storage system in a guardian farm that you've created. And then you've got these kind of very bright, very warm chests. Well, it would be cool if they were white or maybe the birch chests were lighter in color or acacia chests are very orange. There's a lot of orange in guardians. Like, you know, you could do some stuff there that might kind of break the, the current norm. Uh, what do you think about having textured chests see for some reason the idea of chests of different wood types is a step too far for me it's the line i draw in the sand and i have no idea why <laughs> you know like <laughs> i i just like i like the classic oak chest a lot like there's just something iconic about it for me in the same way that like a creeper is iconic or a diamond sword is iconic it's just that i see that and i instantly think okay minecraft chest to the extent where i've seen people make these in real life they've actually made a chest for their house to like keep their kids toys in or something and it's designed like a minecraft chest and i instantly recognize it um i feel like my problem with this is that there are two types of trees that it is really great to harvest in bulk which are spruce and jungle i mean dark oak is maybe a third but the ones that grow in two by two and they're really tall and you can just get an absolute ton of wood that way. I rely on spruce wood for making basically anything wooden in bulk because it yields upwards of a stack for a two by two tree and it drops tons of saplings. So it's really easy to farm. And yep. it, it's funny, this is a, a thing that's kind of come to light recently in a couple of the, in, in Hermitcraft and in some of the servers that I, I play on. Farming trees is actually kind of a pain. And that's the reason I built my tree farm last week to begin with, is that generating a whole block of wood that you can farm is so much nicer than growing an individual tree and knocking it down and mm -hmm. and or completely deforesting an area and then realizing, oh, wait, now there's no more trees here for anybody else to have. And I've thrown all the saplings in a furnace or something, you know. So, yeah, because I rely on spruce wood so much for that, I end up with a ton of spruce chests and that's just a curveball I'm not prepared for. <laughs> it's it's the kind of thing where, yeah, suddenly that would throw off what I had in mind for my storage room because I'm imagining all these oak chests and maybe it'd just be the kind of thing that I would get used to, but it doesn't lend too much extra kind of functionality for me or the, the extra level of detail that I feel like trapdoors do because trapdoors have six different designs to them as well as just being made like the same design but in six different materials. Right. So the previous oak trapdoors, they kind of have those four holes in that you can see through, but then spruce trapdoors don't. So they look really good if you design them as, say, barrels to go around a block of something or like a barrel of water that you can you can make... A, an aesthetic thing in your world with those trap doors whereas the chests are mm. always just going to look like chests for me so the fact that they have five extra colors is kind of immaterial um right I, I actually played on a lightly modded server which used the quark mod that i mentioned earlier and part of the quark mod one of the modules in it is to have chests for all six wood types i didn't really end up using them at all or like not in any mm. kind of organized way a way that would 
lend a level of organization to a storage system. I just used whatever material I had to hand, and what I ended up with was a mess of birch and spruce chests. It, it didn't really lend the kind of aesthetic appeal. Then again, you know, your mileage may vary on that score, and I have to, I have to say, I think a dark oak chest if it had like a gold latch on the front instead of the kind of iron looking right. one would be great yep. for pirate ships it would look really nice as a kind of like treasure chest treasure kind chest, of thing yep. like in in the same way that the dark oak wood door has a gold handle on it like if you keep that aesthetic for it maybe it works um i would be i'd be willing to accept it as a future change but i i don't know i'm i'm just i'm too stuck in my ways you know i've been playing minecraft <laughs> for four years and i'm just so used to that chest I've, I've, yeah. st I've started to wonder if that's the line that i'm not going to cross but uh yeah we'll see if it happens because with the uh the flattening that's happened all of the block ids being switched around and and everybody um everyone being able to have you know slabs and stairs of their favorite blocks and stuff now it's it's possible that different types of wood chests are are coming soon we'll we'll have to yeah. see Without adding any new function to the game, just quickly, what what's your thought on adding something like a stone chest, an iron chest, terracotta chest? Like being able to make a chest out of other blocks just to have a different color or a different look. See, I don't know what I would use them for. Again, there's it's that that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, if you if you could have like a chest that was textured like iron, then you could use that to store all of your iron in it. It'd be instantly recognizable. It'd be another good way right. to label stuff in your storage system. But kind of like the shulker box idea we had in the previous episode where, you know, you could dye a shulker box the color of a prismarine block. I'd kind of go, well, where did it go? Like where did my yeah. my my prismarine shulker chest go? I don't know. It's it's an interesting idea. I don't know if I would like it to be in vanilla Minecraft, but it's the kind of thing that I'd expect to see in modded because they already have yeah. iron chests. Well, I've, like I've, I've seen iron chests in modded. I, th I think the function, the reason why I specifically mentioned not a function chain was because the iron chests that I've seen in modded are the size of a regular chest, but inside they have the capacity of a double chest. Yes. And that, oh. that's the advantage <laughs> of spending your iron to, to work on it that have, way. I mean, have you, have you that seen, kind of stuff is... Have you seen dirt chests? No, there's there's a there's a mod that adds. I think it's actually called the Dirt Chest Nine Thousand, and and if you make it, <laughs> if you make it, it's got one space for items in it, and it. The the best part, it can only hold dirt. <laughs> like the uh, the only thing you can store in this dirt chest is up to sixty four dirt, <laughs> and that's the only thing you're allowed to put in there. It's really funny. It's there's one of those yeah. mods. I think it, it gets added in one of the kind of later iron chest sort of mods and it's it's yeah. such, a, such a great sense of humor i love it oh man that's yeah i i can i can appreciate that like that kind of stuff that doesn't really doesn't really add or detract from from the gameplay it just it just kind of like adds a, a little bit of spice to it's the, almost like an in-joke kind of thing yeah 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 no i yeah that, that's pretty cool well one of the things that i wanted to talk about on the show this week uh speaking of new stuff is coral blocks uh since 1.13 uh dropped we've had uh several new blocks in the game uh but the most i guess attention has been given to the coral block and i thought it'd be worth chatting about because at least in my experience a lot of the people that i'm following on youtube are talking about and using the coral block for a bunch of different things mm -hmm. So uh, for those of you that are haven't been able to find any yet or are not quite sure, you know, where, you know, you want to use these things, um, coral blocks are found in warm ocean biomes. 
they're in the form of coral reefs, usually on the ocean floor. Uh, although I have seen some like up close to shore. It really just depends on how the warm ocean biome, um, I guess, is generated around yeah. uh, land. I find that sometimes you'll get, um, what are they, like like little desert islands. And the coral could sometimes be very close to those de desert islands because of where the, the warm ocean is. Yeah, they tend to generate in large patches as well. So you'll get like mm -hmm. a full ocean floor full of them. So it's not surprising they kind of start to creep up as the uh, the shore sort of reaches the ocean exactly so and beyond the blocks there are coral plants which are just referred to as coral in the and then coral fans and they come in five different colors uh and varieties there are is tube which is blue bubble which is magenta horn which is yellow fire which is red and brain which is pink oh the classical and, five elements <laughs> Tube, yeah, bubble, exa horn, exactly fire and uh, and all form the head yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh and I think the only other, I guess, maybe not well-known uh, thing that you have to um, consider is that you do need a silk touch pickaxe. I didn't know that. I, yeah. I knew that you needed a silk touch to get the fans and, and the, the coral plants. I didn't know that you needed a silk touch pick to get the coral block because by the time I found a coral reef, we were already end game. So I mean, everybody just walks around with a silk touch pickaxe. Like yeah, it's, yeah, it's, not it's a kind deal. of par for the course at that point. Yeah. yeah. The only other thing that you need to know is that if you're harvesting the fans off of the blocks you have to take them off the block before you break the block mm -hmm. because if you do the block first the fan will just disappear yeah it goes away yeah so i really like seeing live coral while i'm exploring the world i think that's one of the things to say about this up front because i have certain opinions about the coral blocks themselves and using them in builds and stuff but just seeing them mm -hmm. as part of the environment now running across a coral reef as you enter a warm ocean is a delight Mm -hmm. just because it adds more vibrancy to the ocean more kind of hints of life what the aquatic update has been all about is just making oceans interesting and as somebody who played minecraft for a long time without much interest in the oceans it's just real cool isn't it <laughs> it's like oh absolutely you just just Ab sail your boat right over the top of these things they look gorgeous especially the combination i find of both kelp seagrass and coral blocks and coral fans and, and plants all in the same area like i i can appreciate the the kelps uh in other parts of the ocean i do find it just it looks like just to see a kelp mm -hmm. sometimes especially if it's a well-traveled area because of course they grow up to the surface with with players nearby yeah. all the time so yeah, they so all it, end it up starts being to the look a height. little uniform doesn't it yeah yeah exactly exactly but with coral reefs there's enough of a break in the in the kelp that it's not everywhere so you don't you don't really ever get that uniformity and uh they're very colorful i love that they use sea pickles to illuminate the coral reefs yeah even though that's completely unrealistic but it like it just it adds that little minecraft tweak right where you're just like yeah no that's it's really really fun to to come across them uh speaking of if you're ever looking for a coral reef look for it at night you will find it way faster mm-hmm yeah, and, and it makes them all the more magical at night. You've got this wonderful, colorful, sort of Little Mermaid-esque wonderland poking up at you from uh, from below the ocean. It's it's worth looking for. And yeah, I I thoroughly recommend anybody, once they find one, to not mine it straight away, but just to kind of swim around, especially if you've got respiration or a water-breathing potion handy. Just have yep. a swim through a coral reef because there are tropical fish there as well. It's a warm ocean biome. You'll find them. Dolphins are more likely to spawn there as well. So it's really an experience to be had in the game before you really think about making use of any of it. But uh, 
as regards use, there are a couple of things you can do with coral. Uh, one notable thing is that if you don't harvest your coral with a silk touch pick, if you just use a regular pick to mine the blocks, or if you put any of the coral blocks, fans, or plants on land afterwards, you are capable of placing them anywhere you like, but they die. They turn to grey variants of the same blocks, and then they cannot be revived. The only way to keep them on land if you... If you put them out of water, is to place a water source block adjacent to one of the faces of the block. So you have to have water right next to it for it to stay alive. What do you think about that? Because yeah, I, th I feel like that's been quite a divisive thing about coral. I mean, it adds a fun mechanic to it. It makes sense in terms of real coral. If you take real coral out of water, it just dries up yeah. and dies. And I've not used either dead or or live coral in any real builds per se uh i've made note and done some you know kind of mucking around and creative as to what would work uh i i don't really know what you would do for using live coral in a build i guess maybe fire coral and the horn coral like the red and yellow versions they kind of look like wallpaper patterns or uh I'm trying to think about other uses for them. I you think it would make it a really interesting floor. And I mean, if you've got the room in your build, I mean, you're talking about walls that are going to have to be three thick because you're going to have to have <laughs> yes. water in the if, middle. If you want to have water running down the inside of your wall, which uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure is not something that happens in real life construction. If that happens, you've no. got a problem. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could use them as really cool carpet looking pieces. Um, yeah. They're just, they're very bright. Like they're, they'd be excellent accent things. Uh, I have... I feel like it must have been in a YouTube video somewhere, but I've seen someone put them inside of, of water streams where the water stream is serving a function anyway. It's sending items up left or right or whatever. And then they've got the coral in there because the coral will stay alive and it adds a bit of color behind the water and just kind of brightens things up a little you, bit. You could maybe even um, color code the water streams that way as well. If you wanted some items right? to go one way, some items to go the other, then maybe that yeah. would allow you to do that whilst, as you say, keeping the coral blocks alive and having yeah. a use for yeah. them. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. You know, you've got your yellow coral could be your potato line and your, you know, uh, brain coral could could be your watermelon line or, you know, whatever, whatever you're doing. Um, the dead coral blocks, uh, right away, obviously, people went to like using them for stone and different textures and things like that. I don't find them all that useful. I, I've done some testing and I've not put them in any builds because first off, they're a very warm gray. So they don't really go with the cooler gray of andesite granite smooth stone stone bricks like they just they really kind of stand out i think possibly a lot of it could hinge on the biome that you're in so when i was messing around really only i want to say horn and fire coral look like rock as far as the textures go everything yeah. else just looks like a gray sponge like it, it looks like dried coral like yeah. i can't get i can't get past that mm -hmm. uh you might be able to find some use cases as it is if it's behind something like rather than looking at a giant wall of it maybe you're only seeing little sections here and there uh but if you um put fire or horn coral in its dead variety in a tiga biome or taiga biome. I, know, I always flip and flop on the pronunciation <laughs> of that. But if you put it next to podzol, if you put it next to spruce, things that are very warm, then it's warm gray fits right in. Yeah. And I, it I doesn't kind of, pop as much as, I wonder as if, like cobblestone. 
maybe it would look good in a mesa biome maybe with a part of like a gravel path through a western town or something like that yeah so again that that could work you know like and that's that's one thing i did not test it next to was gravel and that could those they could look quite quite good next to gravel i think no matter what you're probably going to be using it sparingly like it's you're not going to have a sheet of dead coral and then speckle it with other blocks i think it's going to be the reverse you're going to have a sheet of gravel or whatever stone you're using or whatever you know material you're using and then you're going to pepper in some dead coral yeah. for some variations and things like that yeah that's absolutely um, how i would use it yeah one thing that i do want to try because we are planning on building a fishing village near our coral reef is i'm planning on taking some tube coral which is the blue variety uh and and kill it like having it change to dead coral and then putting it back underwater to look like barnacles because i think that is one right. use case that that could that could work really well because it when you look at that block it has a bunch of little circles on it, it looks like a little bunch of eyeballs and so that kind of reminds me of of barnacles and the only other real note that i have about dead coral it, it actually goes right back to something you mentioned a couple weeks ago about the uh the granite texture and that is bubble coral looks like beans to me it's <laughs> yes. it's it's the magenta the bean one and it, are back. yeah and it, it looks like jelly beans when it's a coral block and it just looks like gray beans when it's a <laughs> sure. dead block like i just yeah, yeah. i can't get past i can't unsee it <laughs> yeah the barnacles thing is really interesting to me and that's one thing i hadn't really considered is taking it out of the water drying it out so it's dead and then putting it back in the water again for some reason like that that just seemed counterintuitive to me but you're right it makes perfect sense it'd be an interesting interesting way of adding texture to your coastline i might have to try that yeah that have you good. used dead coral in any of your builds i have not yet uh and that's mainly a problem of scarcity right now where my base is on the smp i play on we have uh, a bunch of islands that we're building on and my island is dead in the middle of a very cold like ocean biome we got icebergs next door so yeah right. We're, we're right in the middle of cold ocean right next to frozen ocean and the the nearest coral reef is probably a couple of thousand blocks away by boat. Some other people have set up right next door to a coral reef and they're mining it and they're selling it in shops. So I don't necessarily want to undercut the server's economy. Again, going back to the participating in the economy for the sake of having one rather than, you know, out of any actual necessity gameplay wise. I think I do want to go and buy some coral from them. And I think I, I picked up some and then immediately got kind of <laughs> distracted by the fact that i accidentally killed the shopkeeper but <laughs> more, more on that in a decidedly vanilla episode but yes we um we have coral on the server it's accessible to us i haven't gotten around to using it yet and i haven't done a great deal of stone builds that's the problem right now is that my builds have all been fairly colorful i've used very organized looking stone brick and red brick in the one build that's a little bit more gray and then everything else has used different color palettes and things that wouldn't necessarily suit the application of dead coral even the roads in my town are very much like asphalt style roads using black concrete so I don't know for certain if there's like a path I want to incorporate dead coral into. I agree that that's probably what it's going to be best used for is peppering into a path to add a little bit of texture and make it look like a, a well-trodden kind of pathway. Because even mm -hmm. with the variety of textures that are available for that in Minecraft, I feel like pathways always look like a, a jumble of things, but they don't necessarily look like something that's been worn by travel. And maybe the corals can be part of that. My problem with the actual live coral blocks is that 
it, they still just look like coral regardless of where you put them. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a matter of like they, they look great as coral plants growing up from the bottom of the ocean. I've not really seen an application of them that looks good aside from that. Um, and, and obviously, yeah, they can add a little bit of texture to build. And if you want to work with like a jumble of more random textures and stuff, then they're good to to work in. But I haven't really seen anybody using them for things that have gone. That's genius. And it's better than just having them as coral plants growing up from the, the ocean floor. They just seem like they exist as coral and that's the only thing they can be. Whereas, yeah, the dead coral with it turning gray, I feel like there's a little bit more use for it. And it's so much more easy to control because you don't have to worry about putting water next to it all of the time. Yeah. I feel like, if anything, that might be what's holding me back from trying it out more, even in creative mode, because maybe unless you turn the random tick off so that stuff doesn't change state, you always have to think about where the water is going in your creative builds to keep the coral alive, because in creative mode, any coral you place will still die. So I haven't had a chance to play around with it in that context because I'm always having to place water blocks and that just gets a little bit irritating. Um, yeah, the, the individual coral blocks just don't look like much other than coral. Um, the, the thing that interests me about coral the most is that there's a certain amount of like environmental awareness and thought has gone into how they're implemented because, you know, with them dying out of water and everything, like you said, if you take an actual coral out of the water, it will dry up and die and there is obviously a diminishing of the world's kind of coral reef population and Moyang has actually been working with uh, conservancy charities and and non-profits in order to help out the propagation of coral reefs. Um, There's an article that we'll link in the show notes that you can go and take a look at, but this was a a challenge they set when corals were first introduced in the Bedrock Edition. Um, There was a beta of Bedrock Edition that had update aquatic features before the full release came out and Moyang challenged players to place 10 million coral blocks underwater kind of to almost simulate on a small scale for each individual player the pur- the purposes of these nature conservancy charities in in rebuilding coral reefs around the world and I don't know how they tracked this <laughs> it, it's it's slightly sinister to me that they can find out how long it takes players to place 10 million coral blocks but they did it within a few days and as a result moyang donated i think a hundred thousand dollars to the nature conservancy uh which is incredible for a start and and goes along with a history of of charitable giving from moyang but it does seem like they have got a lot of their recent decisions geared more towards being thoughtful about conservation issues and environmental welfare if you remember how uh, originally you could tame parrots using uh, cookies because they were available in jungles with the cocoa beans, but then somebody pointed out on Reddit that chocolate actually can be harmful if you feed it to pets, especially parrots, and then they reversed that decision, and if you feed a parrot a cookie, it dies instantly right. <laughs> so, as a kind of lesson to the player, and they go back to having parrots be bred with seeds and so forth. Um, there's no point to killing polar bears because all they drop is fish and they don't plan on adding any more useful drops to polar bears as a reminder that the polar bear population in the world is going extinct thanks to you know the general atmosphere climate change and so forth so lately they've not just been adding stuff and not thinking about the consequences of it they they seem to have because minecraft is so big now they seem to have more of a a focus on teaching kind of environmental conservancy and environmental welfare and making people more aware of stuff like this 
sort of real world issues. And you can argue all day about whether or not that has any place in a video game. But considering how many kids are playing this video game, I think it's it's not mm-hmm. a bad direction for them to take. It's just interesting when it limits the amount of creativity you can have or creates i I think if you look at it that way it creates challenges for your creativity where you're having to work around a certain problem in order to get what you want out of the blocks themselves so and now in order to use regular coral blocks you have to make sure there's water nearby and stuff like that it's it's interesting it's like, like you said earlier it's almost creating mini games in and of itself sort of creating these little puzzles and stuff that we have to uh, have to work out in order to to use this stuff well it's definitely a dilemma that i have i mean i i think i even mentioned it in a video sitting at the bottom of the ocean looking at a beautiful coral reef saying i want to bring some coral back to the meadows to build and work with but i don't want to mine the coral reef like i like don't want to disturb it so i went looking for like which one of these is really ugly like which which <laughs> yeah. formation just kind of didn't take, really come out of the out algorithm the all that race yeah, yeah exactly natural right? selection at work right there now we've we've lucked out on on the citadel in that the the coral reef that we found is probably a thousand blocks wide yeah in one direction and i haven't measured it in the other so we just kind of decided as a group like okay well if you're going to mine it mine it from the opposite side so that if we build our little fishing fishing village that it's going to have a view of the coral reef and any any collection is going to happen on the other side of it so where you can't really see that the, the borders of the the reef being you know diminished i'm wondering and i don't know if anybody out there does know this then please write us and let us know but if you found a small coral reef in a warm ocean biome and you completely wiped it out would tropical fish still spawn in that warm ocean biome or would they not? I'm fairly that would, confident they would. Right. That would be a cool game mechanic if they did not. Yeah. It kind of kills the environment for everything else as well. Like yeah. That, that'd be the, the really kind of the hard hitting environmental messages. But yeah, I, I think yeah. The, the way it works, I think the spawning algorithm for fish is separate from the environment around them. They just need a certain right. amount of warm ocean biome water to spawn in. So uh, yeah, I don't think it would work that way, but that would be that would be interesting. The thing that the sort of counterpoint to all of this is that Moyang has now made coral plants and fans renewable, because all you need to do is right. bone meal the bottom of the ocean. And it's strange to me that they've done that, but then they haven't made more coral blocks craftable from there. Because while obviously that doesn't quite send the right message in that you know oh we can just make more of this it's really easy it also stops people from destroying the natural coral reefs in the first place so i'm not certain if there's actually any kind of you know messaging thinking going in there or if it's just that they didn't want they they wanted players to explore the world more in order to find more of these blocks because i feel like one of the things that people have been saying is lacking in minecraft for a while is the exploration factor so yeah maybe by eliminating all of the blocks from this coral reef, Moyang still wants us to continue exploring in order to find them. That might be a possibility. Yeah, yeah, because otherwise you're just going to go find a coral reef, bring back the six or eight or whatever of each kind that you need, and then bring it back and make a farm you yeah. know, closer to, to where you, you are. Um, I, I can understand why they don't make the blocks renewable. I'm glad that they make the plants renewable because those are by far less frequent. Uh, you don't find the fans are all over the place, but you really don't see the proper coral plants that often considering how big the coral reef um, that we have is they're they're few and far between. So I'm, I'm glad that you can can grow them because I have seen those used in several different places. Um, you can waterlog slabs and stairs and still place a coral plant on top of it. Mm-hmm. 
and have it look like a very bright colored bush uh, or a flower on or within a regular green bush, uh, which I think is a neat kind of aspect to it. It's, it's a small colored part of a larger thing as opposed to just a thing on its own. Uh, I've also seen, although I've not used it myself, uh, the dead version of coral plants used in icy biomes as dead or frozen bushes. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think that works really well too. Like it, again, it adds like this gray color. It, it's it's a, it's something that comes up off of the flat flat blocky landscape and kind of gives it some height variations, some texture and things. And um, and I think we've mentioned before in the show that dead coral fans have been used as bird nests. Yeah, yeah, with an item frame and a bone block or an egg item or something in it. Yeah, that yeah definitely definitely makes a lot of sense. It's it's interesting finding the people's little implementations for them outside of just being coral on on yeah, the ocean floor. And- and now that you can bone meal and grow coral fans and coral um, plants and possibly have a lot of these things, I'm curious as to what they would look like on mass. Like if you had what essentially was a, a coral, like a, a coral field yeah. on dry land, you know, like what, what would that look like from a distance that might just look like a giant field of flowers? Like, you know, I don't, I don't know, but it would be a really interesting challenge because you'd have to waterlog everything uh in order to get these these flowers to stay there I, just, I don't know it would you could probably make your you know make like a greenhouse build with which with what looks like a bunch of flowers and pots and i don't know it, it's, it's a really interesting thing that i've not seen anybody use it for right now they're just kind of speckled around because i think that people are still working out like what's the best best way to handle them all of this sounds like stuff I want to do, by the way. All of it, all of it is <laughs> yeah, stuff me, I, I Me too. I wanna, I'm wanna... Think, as I'm speaking, I'm like, mm, I kind of crapped right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so maybe we'd better wrap up this discussion for today. That's going to be it for another episode of The Spawn Chunks. You can find more information about the show and links to the stuff we talked about at thespawnchunks.com. The music for the show was composed by me. And if you're getting a little bit of value out of the show, it would be fantastic of you to put a little bit of value back into it by donating to us on Patreon. If you can visit patreon.com slash thespawnchunks, check out the rewards there and join the community. Community. Pledging at any level will get you an invite to our patrons-only Discord chat. And we have 10 patrons right now. I think it may even be 11 at the time of this recording. And we are halfway to our first goal, which is to organize the Discord roles a little bit better and introduce some different roles for people who pledge at different levels. So it would be really awesome to see a few more people jumping into the Discord this week. So it would be, yeah, be great to hear from you. One of the best ways that you can spread the word about the show is just word of mouth. You know, poke a friend in the arm and say, hey, you're playing Minecraft. You should listen to this. You can also follow us on social media, which is the Spawn Chunks on Instagram and Twitter and spread the news about the show that way. And hey, while you're out there, why not use the hashtag for Minecraft podcast and the Spawn Chunks? Uh, Again, it's just another way to just get the show out there and try to bring some new people and uh, some new listeners in. You can always email the show. Let us know how you are using Coral at thespawnchunks at gmail.com. And we are currently on most of your favorite podcast distribution networks, whether that's iTunes, Google, uh, Stitcher, et cetera. There's also an RS, RSS feed, excuse me, on the and a separate RSS feed for patrons at the Patreon page. 
My name is Pixlriffs, and you can find most of what I do at youtube.com slash where I have a Minecraft survival guide series for beginners and a multiplayer Let's Play series called Decidedly Vanilla, where you can find out all the green stuff I've been selling. I'm also the voice for the unofficial Hermitcraft recap, which you can find through a quick YouTube search, and I stream three days a week on Twitch, where these days I'm mostly working on larger Minecraft projects for my YouTube series, but I play other games from time to time. And actually, while the missus is still out of town for another night, I might be streaming quite a bit this evening so if this episode goes <laughs> nice. out on time today drop by and you might even catch me there aside from that i'm at pixorifs on both twitter and instagram joel where can people find you online everything that i am doing online is on joelduggan.com if you're interested in hiring me as an illustrator or a designer then just go ahead and email me right through that site you can listen to the Citadel Cafe, a podcast where I talk about sci-fi and fantasy entertainment with a bunch of friends. I watched Next Gen on Netflix this past week, so we'll be touching on that in the weeks to come on the Citadel Cafe. Uh, it's just my name on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram. And today, a new episode of the Citadel Let's Play uh, is up on, on YouTube. Thanks for visiting the Spawn Chunks. The world outside is infinite, but who gave all those skeletons all those bows? <laughs>